The Holy Gospel according to St. Mark, the first chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. In those days, Jesus came from Nazareth of Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. And just as he was coming up out of the water, he saw the heavens torn apart and the spirit descending like a dove on him. And a voice came from heaven, you are my son, the beloved, with you I am well pleased. And the spirit immediately drove him out into the wilderness. He was in the wilderness 40 days, tempted by Satan, and he was with the wild beasts, and the angels waited on him. Now after John was arrested, Jesus came to Galilee, proclaiming the good news of God and saying, the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe in the good news. The gospel of the Lord. Praise, Praise to you, O Christ. Please be seated. Grace and peace to you from God, our creator, and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Our gospel text is quite brief this week. It's urgent and sparse with the details. And in fact, the gospel of Mark is known for its brevity and its immediacy exemplified in the fact that the word immediately actually shows up 41 times in the whole book. It's as if the gospel itself is convinced it's running out of time. And yet we have the ability to slow down, slow down Mark's snappy gospel and spend some time stretching out its words to think about what they have to share with us today. And I like to think of today's gospel reading as broken into three main segments. First, Jesus gets baptized. Then he's in the wilderness. And finally, the commencement of his ministry. So first, part one, Jesus gets baptized. Baptized by John in the Jordan River, which signifies a pivotal moment. With the simple element of water, Jesus participates in the ritual of baptism, connecting him to the very people he will soon minister to. And moments, moments after he's baptized, I imagine his face is still covered in water. The skies open up. The Lord appears as a bird. This is called a theophany, when God appears to us in earthly form. And in this case, God appears as a dove. And that dove doesn't just float around to catch a bug in the air. That dove speaks to us. And that dove speaks to Jesus, claiming him as beloved. This divine proclamation underscores the depth of God's love and the unique role Jesus is to play. 
So that's part one. Jesus gets baptized. Part two, Jesus goes out into the wilderness. And I'm not sure about you, but I don't remember being kicked out into the wilderness moments after my baptism as a three-month-year-old baby to fend for myself. But that is what happens to Jesus by the same God who just called him beloved. The wilderness holds spiritual significance throughout all scripture, from the Israelites traveling in the wilderness for 40 years to the many prophets and followers who encounter God in the Judean deserts. Wilderness in the Bible signals to us we're talking about something unknown, something uncharted. And yet it is in these unknown places where often people hear God speak to them. In fact, the Hebrew word for desert is midbar and is spelled the same as the Hebrew word medibar, which means to speak. The wilderness is a place of duality. Although many find themselves far away from their creature comforts, God is often coming close to the people. The same seems to be true for Jesus in our story today as he is visited by the angels of a cosmic realm who take care of him in his time of temptation. So that was part two, if you're keeping track. Part two, Jesus enters the wilderness. Part three, Jesus begins his ministry. He begins his ministry on the heels of John the Baptist's arrest. Jesus enters into Galilee to preach the good news. The kingdom of God is drawing near. He begins to share, listen, repent, and the people follow him. So that's the three parts of this text. And now that we've slowed it down, slowed out Mark's words, I think it became clear to me as I was writing this sermon just how scattered and interwoven in this text are the themes of Lent for us in this season. Because in many ways, Lent is like a journey into wilderness. A journey these next 40 days into an embrace of what is unknown and unsure. In Lent, we are called to rest, repent, and renewal. And while Lent can be a life-giving, focusing time for us, sometimes Lent can become, as I like to call it, a bit like the shame Olympics, where we perform self-flagellation, shaming ourselves, restricting pleasure. And yes, while Lent is a time where we are called to reflect, to think about our sin, to think about our shortcomings of who God is calling us to be and maybe who we have failed to be in that, it isn't a time where we have to prove ourselves in that. We have nothing to earn in shaming ourselves because we know even now in Lent, and especially on this Sunday in Lent, that in Christ we still have nothing to prove because grace has freely been given to us and takes care of us in all ways. And we can look to our gospel text to remember that today because Jesus is named as beloved by God at his baptism. And in this action, we learn that we too are beloved. In fact, when we are baptized in the ELCA, we call each other beloved children of God. 
echoing the same language God used for Christ in our text. And if you notice ever in my sermons, I use this language of beloved, belovedness quite a bit because it serves as this baptismal reminder that in Christ we are all beloved children of God. And this belovedness is so radical because it means that no matter the season of wilderness we are in, whether we are suffering, struggling, or just trying to get through, we do not need to compete for our worthiness or prove why we are worthy. We do not need to embrace this idea of fear or scarcity controlling our lives because already we know we are held in God's tender care. We are baptized in the same waters as those who came before us and we live free in the grace that surrounds us in all that we do. We do nothing to earn this. We always have it. And in our text today, just as Jesus is cared for by angels who come to him in the wilderness, we too are cared for and upheld in God's love. And in this way, Lent isn't just a season to admonish ourselves or to prove our worth. Instead, it is a time of reflecting on who we are and who God is calling us to be together. As we know that we are loved by God, we just decide to make room for God to come closer to us this Lent and listen attentively for God's voice amidst life's uncertainty. So, beloved people, as we engage in our Lenten practices this year, let's consider how we can make room in our lives to listen for God, as the Israelites did in the desert. For some, that might mean putting aside something we often do to try to have more time spent doing something else. For others, it might mean adding a new activity to your daily life to try to listen for God in the same way too. For example, at Lent, I always give up Instagram because I love Instagram. It's like where I scroll and find all like the cool art that I like, but it takes time away that I could spend doing other things. And I also give up for Lent, this one's been awesome, but hard, online shopping. Um, I give up online shopping because it takes out that immediate uh, gratification of being able to get something right when I want it and it makes me be like oh maybe I can wait for those things and I also try to add an activity to my life that brings me a sense of peace throughout the day um, this weekend at Lutherdale I brought all my watercolor paints because I love painting the bird I actually had in the children's message was from Lutherdale um, and I've decided maybe I'll start doing my watercolors a little bit each day because it just helps me to refocus myself and so I just invite you all whether you want to do journaling or go for walks once a day or even I know a lot of folks love writing down three things they're grateful for in the season of Lent um, let's cultivate habits that foster this spiritual awareness and renewal and by embracing diverse forms of reflection we also open ourselves to God's transformative work in our lives and 
And this Lent, we can also look to the last thing Jesus does in our text today and integrate it into our daily lives. This last thing Jesus does is that he goes out and he preaches the good news. In the midst of challenge and uncertainty, Lent reminds us of God's continuous renewal and call to witness the gospel. And the gospel proclaims to us that even in the most broken of places, God is at work. That all of us, all people, are seen in the eyes of a God who names us all beloved. And even when a world is turned over and around in suffering, in shame, in political turmoil, in violence, in children in the streets crying out for their mothers, when there is no hope, we still have the gospel. Jesus proclaimed it and we carry it out to this day. We are empowered to embody Christ's love and compassion in the world, and we trust that despite struggle, God is at work bringing forth new life and hope. So as we journey through Lent, we embrace the sacredness of this season, attuning our hearts to God's voice in the wilderness. Lent is a time of rest, repentance, and renewal. Lent is a season that serves as a reminder of our beloved, belovedness by God, that nothing on earth can separate us from this love. This season, we come together to deepen our connection with God, and awaken to God's presence in our midst. Amen.